0: the Word of Life. Everything begins here. There used to be a time when you didn't have to even say that in a church. But you need to say that now. This, everything begins here in the Word of Life. I believe what I hold in my hand is the only physical source of absolute truth on the earth. It is God's revelation of Himself to mankind. Today's going to be session number 9 through a section inside of this book called "The Word of God." Session number nine from First John. Lord willing, there's going to be 12 sessions through First John. And it all began with what I just said. If you open up First John in the very beginning, he reveals the Word of life. Today's session, number nine will be, "Don't be like Cain." And if you look at that title, some of you might immediately think, "Wow, well, this would be an easy one. Cain murdered his brother and I've not murdered anybody yet. So I ought to be good to go. Today you're going to find out there's more to this teaching from the Apostle John than murder. You'll never understand why this session, session number nine from 1 John is so difficult. Is this difficult? Don't be like came. You'll never understand why it's difficult until you look back and see the reality of the first eight sessions. So let me summarize them because it's all one story. I told you it begins with the word of life, that God reveals his word to the people of the earth. The second was the message of light so that people don't have to remain in the darkness now that you know where the light is. And the third one was the truth about righteousness because a lot of people are going to find out they were wrong about what they thought was right. But there's a source, a truth about righteousness. And that led to this session about the new old commandment. Everything begins and surrounds and is based upon love. And then John, after the love He says, don't do it. Whatever you do, don't do it. Don't love this world or the things the world offers you. Because if you do, the love of the Father is not in you. Because there's another power at work in the world. And then after that, he reveals the power. John says, the Antichrist is coming. What? The Antichrist is coming. And the spirit of Antichrist is already secretly at work. But the person of Antichrist, he's coming. And you know what the next session was? Keep them safe. Because the war is real. And then the last session I did was God revealing the identity of the children of God. Who his children really are. Not the ones who think they are, but who his children really are. And in all of that context, we come to what almost looks out of context. Don't be like Cain. In the middle of all of that, the next session is, don't be like Cain, the spirit war. In fact, the title of next week's message, Lord willing, we're still here, is the spirit war. It's real. I wish if I could communicate anything to the church, it would be the reality of the spirit war that is raging in the heavenly realms around us, even right now. And because much of the church doesn't acknowledge the spirit war, you will never prepare yourself and your family to survive the spirit war. It's real. And there are false gods. There's a demonic realm. There's only one true God, but there are false gods. There are demons. There are, Satan is real and he is powerful. And they're working all around us. And since the time of Jesus, John describes it as the spirit of antichrist, opposing the work of Christ. So here we go. Don't be like Cain, session number nine. It's found in 1 John 3, verse 11. This is the message you have heard from the beginning. We should love one another. We must not be like Cain, who belonged to the evil one. Who belonged to whom? The evil one, and killed his brother. And why did he kill his brother? Why did he kill him? Because Cain had been doing what was evil, and his brother had been doing what was right or righteous. So don't be surprised, dear brothers and sisters. If the world hates you, if we love our Christian brothers and sisters, it proves that we have passed from death to life, but, any, but a person who has no love is still dead, and anyone who hates another brother or sister is really a murderer at heart, and you know that murderers don't have eternal life within them. I'll ask you, do you see the spirit war? It's been going on since the beginning, since Adam and Eve, since Cain and Abel. And John says, this is the message you have heard from the beginning. In the midst of the great spirit war on planet earth, from Adam and Eve to Cain and Abel, this is the message you've heard from the beginning. What message? Love each other. That's the message of God in His creation of man. Love each other. Love each other. So I'll ask you a question. So why is that so hard? This is the message from the beginning. Love each other, but it doesn't come natural, does it? Do you know, why is it so hard? Do you, do you want the simple answer? Good and evil. It's the simple answer. There's two spirits. There's two powers at work on the earth. Do do you remember that in the middle of that garden there was the knowledge of good and evil? Good and evil. But the message from the beginning from God is not evil. The message from the beginning from God is love each other. Love each other. Then why is it so hard? Because there's a war that's raging. There's a spiritual war that's raging in the heavenly realms. Our minds cannot comprehend it. There was a time that the church understood it. The church needs to understand it. One is good and one is evil. One is love and one is hate. And everyone belongs to one of these two spirit powers. Love or hate. This is not a new problem for the church. What? Love each other. You read this title today and you think, well, this ought to be an easy one. But it's not. Love each other. It's not a new problem for the church. This spirit war has been on the earth since the beginning. That's why John brings up Cain in the New Testament church age, in what John himself calls the last hours. In the last hours, what does he say? Don't be like Cain. You understand what he's trying to communicate? The Holy Spirit, the good spirit, reveals the origin to the the Apostle John. The origin of our human problem. What problem? Loving each other does not occur naturally. We got a problem. But this is the command from the beginning. But it doesn't come naturally. What to love each other? So the Holy Spirit does something. To the Apostle John, he reveals the origin of our problem. And John writes a letter to the church, and he says this, We must not be like Cain, who belonged to the evil one and killed his brother. Cain belonged to the evil one. Let me introduce a new word. Cain was possessed by the evil one. Possessed by, the word possessed means ownership, in control of. Cain, a man, was possessed, controlled by the evil spirit of Satan. And what is the result of that transaction? Love? No. That's the command from the beginning. No, hate. Hate is the result of belonging to the evil one, the evil spirit power of Satan, the false God, little g, God, Satan. So why did Cain kill his brother? So why did Cain kill his brother? Don't be like Cain, who belonged to the evil one. Why did Cain kill his brother? You don't have to guess. The truth is revealed. Listen, church, listen carefully. The reason, don't be like Cain. And why did Cain kill his brother? Because, I quote, because Cain had been doing what was evil and his brother had been doing what was right. Good and evil, right and wrong. One produces love, one produces hate. Depends upon which one you belong to. Good and evil. It's a spirit war, right and wrong. The source and the result of the spirit war is good and evil. There was good and evil in the beginning, and it is the, the battle itself good and evil. These two spirits have the power to affect how you think and act. So let's start here today. I want you to understand the spiritual truth. These two spirits one good, one evil, one light, one dark. One true, one a liar. One from God, one the anti-God. They have the power, they have a very, the power to affect how you think. Do you believe that? That there's an outside entity, an outside power, spirit power, that can affect how you think. These two spirits can literally put thoughts in your mind. Do you believe that? A lot of people are going to hear me right now and think, I don't believe that. Then he's already got you. Because you can't even acknowledge the very truth of Scripture that we're in a spiritual battle. And these spirits have the power to put thoughts in your mind. They can put good thoughts in your mind. They can put evil thoughts in your mind. depends upon which spirit you have encountered can do either. And those good thoughts produce good actions, and those bad thoughts produce bad actions. There's a cause and effect. So let's go back to the Cain and Abel story, some 4,000 years before Christ, and examine the spirit war that comes from the beginning. Why? Because John says this. John says, don't be like Cain. Don't fall victim to the spirit war. Don't let the spirit war make you a casualty. So let's go to the beginning, John, Genesis 4, verse 1. Now, Adam had sexual relations with his wife, Eve, and she became pregnant. And when she gave birth to Cain, that's her firstborn. Remember that. When she gave birth to Cain, she said, with the Lord's help, I have produced a man. Later, she gave birth to his brother and named him Abel. When they, Cain and Abel, grew up, Abel became a shepherd, while Cain cultivated the ground. When it was was time for the harvest, Cain presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. Abel also brought a gift, the best of the firstborn lambs from his flock. Now, let's pause for a moment. Okay, the firstborn is Cain, and Cain is a farmer, and he produces things from the soil. So he's going to bring—and what's interesting is this is so far before—this is before the flood, before the law of Moses, and yet they're bringing sacrifices. So there's something about sacrifices, though we're unclear what God all required, but they're, they're bringing sacrifices. So Cain, the firstborn, brings something that comes out of the ground from his crops, some grain offering or something like that. But, but Abel, he's a shepherd, so he's got lambs or goats or something. So he, he takes the best of his, of his crop, which is lambs, and he presents a blood offering to the Lord. So that's the scene. The firstborn, but they're two different sons with two different offerings, The Lord accepted Abel and his gift. Okay, this is important. But he did not accept Cain and his gift. This made Cain very angry, and he looked dejected. So I'm going to ask you a question Was this event before or after the serpent deceived Eve in creation? This is after, it's important. Number two, was this event before or after the curse of God to Adam, Eve, and the serpent? It's after. The evil spirit power had already corrupted the seed of Adam. So by the time time Cain and Abel make this offering, the evil spirit power had already corrupted the seed of Adam. And I want to pose this to you. The seed of Adam is, in this scene, Cain and Abel. Right? Cain and Abel came out of Adam and Eve. But by the time Cain and Abel offered these sacrifices, Satan had already corrupted the seed of man. He had already corrupted Adam and Eve, and they were already under a curse. Right? Stay with me. The corrupted seed of sin has entered the bodies of these two sons of Adam. They were transferred from Adam and Eve into the bodies of Cain and Abel, right? The spirit war has begun on the earth. The spirit war has begun upon the earth. And what is God's command from the beginning? Love one another. Well, that ought to be easy, right? It's not. The spirit war had already begun on the earth. Good and evil are now present upon the earth inside the heart of man. These two spirits, I'm going to say it a second time. These two spirits, good and evil, have the power to affect how you think and how you act. Do you believe that? These two spirits can put thoughts inside of your mind. Good or evil thoughts that produce good or evil actions. Do you believe that? That's the essence of the spirit war. It's called sin. When you follow the evil spirit... After he puts evil thoughts into your mind, it's called sin. So who is putting these evil and tempting thoughts into your mind and into your heart? Who's doing it? Where's it coming? If there's an evil spirit that can affect my mind, my heart, how I think, which then affects my actions, who's doing it? So let's go to the New Testament. James 1 verse 13. He says, and remember, when you are being tempted, when these thoughts come into your mind, tempting thoughts, when you're being tempted, do not say, God is tempting me. God's not doing it. God is never tempted to do wrong, and he never tempts anyone else to do wrong. So it's not him. So in that moment, when I'm tempted to do wrong, when I have this evil thought, who's doing it? Temptation comes from your own desires. What? Who's doing it? Stay with me. Temptation comes from your own desires, which entice us and drag us away. So something's inside of us. Something's already, it's not God tempting us. Something inside of us is enticing us Our own desires enticing us. And if we yield to that, it drags us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions. And when sin is allowed to grow untreated, uncontrolled, it gives birth to what? What's that word? Say it out loud. You don't even want to say it. When sin is allowed to go untreated, uncontrolled, it leads to death. Now here's the thing. Satan planted the seed of sin inside of Adam. Adam and Eve produced Cain and Abel. The seed of sin entered. There is something inside of the human flesh. None of us can fully explain it. We can't really understand it. We just know that there's a spirit war and there is a light and there is a darkness there is a good there is an evil there is a love and there is a hate and the problem is we've all got that seed we are all born of adam's corrupted seed we have the nature to sin it comes natural for us to what sin sin I've said it a hundred times here. Do you ever wake up in the morning and look at your wife, your husband, and say, you know, honey, I'm going to try to sin today. (laughs) You know, we laugh because we see the truth inside of that. You don't have to try to sin, do you? It just happens. But if you were to say, I'm going to try to love today with God's love, it would require something very intentional and very special. To occur. You see, it doesn't come natural to us. Right and wrong, they both abide inside of us today. Right and wrong, we're both revealed to the children of Adam and Eve. Right and wrong, right and wrong, good and evil, love and hate. God has revealed that which is right and acceptable to Cain. So they have both, they have both brought offerings to God. And God reveals that which is acceptable to Cain. You need to go back and make an acceptable offering. You need to go back and make an animal sacrifice, a blood offering. You need to go back. He didn't just smite him. He didn't just uh, kill him, throw him out. What? He says, okay, this is wrong. I'm identifying the wrong. Go do what is right. Right? That's where we are in the story. In that moment the evil spirit comes with another word. Inside of Cain, in that moment in which God has said, I do not accept your offering. Go back, prepare another one, and bring it to me. In that moment, the evil spirit comes with another word. Your brother Abel is making you look bad in front of God. If you doubt what I just said, you stay with me. In that moment, the other spirit comes to Cain and he somehow diverts the attention of Cain, which should be between him and God, and diverts his attention to Abel as if Abel has done something wrong. Abel's making you look bad. If Abel hadn't brought, if Abel had done what you did, you wouldn't look bad right now. No, you'd both look bad right now. But the reality is he's using Abel to make an excuse For not doing what is right. Verse 6. Let's read it. God said, why are you so angry? God's talking to Cain. Why are you so angry? Why do you look so dejected? What's just happened? God has looked at Cain and said, no, that's not going to work. You need to make an adjustment. You got the wrong offering. You will be accepted. God to Cain, you will be accepted if you do what is right. But if you refuse to do what is right, watch out. Sin, here's the war, is crouching at your door. It is eager to control you. But you must subdue it. You must become its master, or it's going to master you, Cain. There it is. Verse 7. Genesis chapter 4. The spirit war is revealed. God's revealing it. Right and wrong, two voices. One produces love, the other produces hate. Toward someone that is choosing to do the right thing. Did you notice that? One produces love, one produces hate. And in this scene, you know the story. This, he's going to listen to the other voice. And the other voice is going to produce hate in him. Not just hate toward God, but hate toward Abel who didn't have anything to do with it. And what's the command you heard from the beginning? Love one another. This hate from the evil spirit will undo the very calls that they were put on the earth to do, to love one another. One voice is from God and the other voice is from the spirit seed of sin. Planted deep inside of Cain's heart and that same seed lies in our heart too. Sin is crouching at the door of Cain's heart. And which voice will he listen to? Does Cain love his brother Abel? It's a question. It's a really good question. At this point, would you say that Cain loved his brother Abel? I guess that would depend upon which spirit he is connected to. One produces love. One produces hate. Does Cain love his brother Abel? The answer to that question, again, who does Cain belong to? Who will he listen to? Who, what authority will he submit himself to? If Cain belongs to God, he will love Abel and do what is right toward Abel because he belongs to God. But if Cain belongs to, possessed by Satan, he listens to the other voice. Here's what happens. He will hate Abel and blame Abel for his trouble with God and the sacrifice. Did you hear me? Not only will he hate Abel, but he will blame Abel for his trouble between him and God. It's your fault. In that moment, Cain will see himself as a victim and Abel as the problem. He's making me look bad by taking the other side. He's making me look bad. So suddenly, The problem, which was between Cain and God, now has been redirected into hatred toward his brother because now Cain feels like he's a victim to Abel's success. You're causing me to look bad. Cain is refusing to bear responsibility for his own life and blaming everything on someone else. Sound familiar? Church, in this culture we live, does it sound familiar? This victim mentality is very prevalent today. And what does it do when you create the mind that you're a victim and somebody else is really responsible for your life's trouble? It puts hatred and malice into the hearts of mankind. Let's go to verse 8. One day Cain suggested to his brother, let's go out into the fields. And while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. Afterward, the Lord asked Cain, where is your brother? Where is Abel? I don't know, Cain responded. Am I my brother's guardian, my brother's keeper? But the Lord said, what have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Are you ready? Because this is what happens in a spirit war. You are cursed. He didn't see that coming, did he? When he listened to that other voice, he didn't see that coming. What have you done? Now you are cursed and banished from the ground, which has swallowed your brother's blood. No longer will the ground yield good crops for you. What is, what is Cain? He's a farmer. He depends upon the soil. Not only you're a curse, no longer will the ground yield good crops for you. No matter how hard you work the soil, cane, you're going to be under the curse. He didn't see that coming, did he? When he listened to the other voice, did you think that a curse would come upon you? No. From now on, you will be a homeless wanderer on the earth. Sin. That spirit voice knocking at your door. Sin. It's what it's called. It took away Cain's love for his brother Abel. Love in that moment was replaced by hate. And what is John's message today to the church? This is the message you have heard from the beginning. Love one another. Don't be like Cain. That's the context. What is the message and what is his context There was a situation where sin knocks at the door and you listen to the other voice and love gets replaced by hate. Cain saw himself as a victim. Listen, Cain saw himself as a victim to Abel's obedience. He's making me look bad and that makes me angry. I'm going to ask you, where did that anger come from? God? No. That light is revealing my darkness, and that makes me angry. Where does that come from? God? No. Abel's obedience is revealing my disobedience, and that makes me angry. Where does the anger come from? Do you think it comes from God? No, this is the command you've heard from the beginning, love one another. Where does it come from? Jesus describes the spirit war of Cain and Abel, light and darkness, love and hate. Here's how Jesus describes it. John 3 verse 20. All who do evil hate the light. Stay with me. All who do evil hate the light and refuse to go near the light. Why why do you don't want to go into the light? For fear that your sins would be exposed. But those who do what is right come to the light. So others can see that they are doing what God wants. So you got Cain and Abel. One is in the light doing what God wants. There's an animal sacrifice. The other one, he's in the dark. And he's he's offended by the light because the light's making my dark look bad. And I don't like that. And now I hate you for bringing the light into my darkness. Don't be like Cain. Cain fell into the darkness, and darkness hates the light. And let me add it one more step. Darkness hates the people who carry the light as much as they hate the light itself. This is the message you've heard from the beginning. What? Love one another. But the truth is, this can only occur when you belong to God. It can only occur in the human race when you belong to God. What was Cain's problem? The Bible says he belonged to Satan. We can only love each other when we belong to God. We can only find love in the light. There is hatred in the darkness. The Apostle John warns the church some 4,000 years later. What's his message? Don't be like Cain. John warns us about the spirit war and the consequences of falling victim in the spirit war. He calls it the spirit of antichrist. And what are the consequences of following and belonging to this antichrist spirit power? What's the consequences? You know, we, we see in Cain's life, he fell under a curse. The soil quit, quit producing for him. He became a restless wanderer on the earth. What are the consequences? If you fall victim in the spirit war. What happens? Romans five twelve. When Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death, so death spread to everyone, for everyone's sin. You know the truth today is we've all been infected by this deadly contagion called sin. It is the ultimate plague of all mankind. So I could hear somebody say right now, well, preacher, that was awesome. So from now on, you know what? We'll all do what is right. Now that we know about the two spirits, and now that you've told us clearly, let's don't be like Cain, wow, this will be easy from here on out, right? Wow, it's that easy? I wish it were that easy. Let me ask you a question. Do you think the Cain's of this modern world are going to allow you to do that without opposition. Do you think there are Canes today? They belong to Satan? And if you become enabled in this generation and carry the light and listen to the word, do you think the Canes will just say, good job? Do you think the spirit of Antichrist will leave you alone as long as you walk in the light of Christ? Then you still haven't understood what I'm trying to communicate about a spiritual war. Now let's go back to 1 John verse 13. So don't be surprised, dear brothers and sisters, if the world hates you. And you know why I make a big deal out of that? Because the average person in the church is surprised. Surprised. The average person is surprised when you hold up the light of truth and the world looks at you and say, you're a hater. You're a hater. We're supposed to love. The commandment of God is to love. And you hold up this truth that says, but love never does evil. You're a hater. What are you going to do? Do you think the spirit of Antichrist is going to leave you alone? The church doesn't understand that the world will always, the world belongs to Satan and it is producing hate because why? Cain hated Abel. Why? What did Abel have to do with Cain's offering? So let's examine. I want to break this down. John says, don't be like Cain. So I go back and I study, Cain hated his brother Abel, why? What did Abel have to do with Cain's offering? So I want you to think specifically about that question. What did Abel have to do with Cain's offering? You would conclude nothing. He didn't have anything to do with it. So why does he hate him? Abel didn't tell Cain to bring another offering. Did you read that in there? Did Abel look at him and say, nah, 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 nah. That's what brothers would do, right? It's not recorded. Cain, Abel didn't tell Cain, bring another offering. Who did? God did. Therein lies the revelation of truth. Cain yielded to a spirit power that opposes the work of God. Abel had nothing to do with Cain's offering. Abel had nothing to do with Cain's life before God. But the evil one calls Cain to hate his brother for no cause. No cause. I just hate you because you're there. Because I'm not there. The evil one calls Cain to see himself as a victim rather than the problem. And victims always look for someone else to blame. That's why they're called victims. Never accepting responsibility for their own life. And what is that kind of a life? What does a victim life produce? Hate. It produces a life of hatred. But what's the commandment of God? From the beginning, you're supposed to love each other. Victims don't love each other. They blame each other. Good and evil. The source and the result of the spirit war is what? Good and evil. This will be the third time I said it. These two spirits have the power to affect how you think and act. If you want to deny their reality and their power, it's on you. But these two spirits have the power to affect how you think, how you act. These two spirits can put thoughts into your mind and into your heart, good or evil thoughts that produce good or evil actions. Let's go to James chapter 4 verse 1. What's causing the quarrels and fights among you? So what is it? What is it that makes people argue and fight? Don't they come from the evil desire at war, at war within you? Where'd it come from? You want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. You're jealous of what others have, but you can't get it, so you fight and wage war to take it away from them. Yet you don't have what you want because you're looking for it in all the wrong places, because you don't ask God. You're looking for the answer somewhere besides Him. Verse 3, and even when you do ask God, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what gives you pleasure. Let me redefine that. You want only to live a self-centered life, and that would always be in direct opposition with the commandment of God, love each other. So what do we do? When the canes of this modern world hate us for belonging to the Holy Spirit of Christ, what do we do? When love is confronted by hate, when the Holy Spirit is confronted by the unholy spirit, when the Spirit of Christ encounters the spirit of Antichrist, what do we do? Before I answer the question, I want to say, don't forget Cain killed Abel. This is a war. The evil spirit has been killing and persecuting the followers of God from the very beginning. It is a war. So what do we do? We love each other. And you need to be specific when I say each other. We love each other. This is a specific calling to the church in John's letter. So when I say love each other, it is a direct Command of God to love those who belong to God, to love the children of God. Now listen carefully. We love each other. Does that mean we don't love the people who belong to Satan? I didn't say that. But there's a difference between those in the body and those outside the body. So, we love each other. This is a very specific calling to the church and what separates the church from the world. 1 John three thirteen. So, don't be surprised, dear brothers and sisters, if the world hates you. If we love our Christian brothers and sisters—now, that's the New Living Translation. So if you love Christian brothers and sisters, those legitimately in the church—the New American Standard uses the word brethren. What he's trying to communicate is this love that he's talking about is inside the scope of those who are born-again children of God. There's a difference. Born-again children of God. What does he say? If we love our brothers and sisters, it proves that we have passed from death to life. But a person who has no love is still dead. This is what it means to be alive. A person without love is already dead. They're walking around, but they're dead. So when it says that if you love your Christian brother or sister, you have crossed from death to life, why does he say that proves it? Because only the Holy Spirit in you will ever allow you to do it. And the proof of your salvation is singular, Christ in me. And if Christ is in you, you will be able to love everybody who belongs to Christ. And if you can't love somebody who belongs to Christ, but who belongs to Christ, then Christ is not in you, because Christ is the power of love that makes it possible. He says it proves it. That'd be a really good time to bring up the fact to ask you a question. Is there anybody in the church that you just, quite frankly, don't like? You, I don't want to say I hate them, but I don't like them very much. Is that a problem? Don't be like Cain. There's a seed. There's a seed that Satan uses to produce a harvest. Don't be like Cain. You think Abel was a perfect man? Abel wasn't perfect. There has been no perfect people. Except one, he is Christ. Abel wasn't perfect and neither are you. <clears throat> but God calls us to love each other even while we live inside this corrupted flesh. He calls us to love each other. Hating a brother or sister in the church is the same as murdering them. And if you want to negotiate that with God, go ahead, good luck with that. If you hate somebody else inside the church, If you hate them, it is equal to murdering them. And that same scripture said, and you know, no murderer has a place in the kingdom of heaven. Your life and your soul depend upon this truth. What truth? Don't be like Cain. You are not a victim. You are not a victim. You are a sinner, and so am I. It is not somebody else's fault. You might say, Well, it's Adam's fault. He's the one that did it and got it in my seed. I don't know how to get it out. Get over it. You are not a victim, you are a sinner. Today, I declare I accept responsibility for my sins. I accept responsibility that I have transgressed the laws of God. It is on me. Me. It's not somebody else's fault. I'm not a victim of circumstances. Don't be like Cain. I want to repeat verse 15, 1 John 3. Anyone who hates another brother or sister is really a murderer at heart. And you know, murderers don't have eternal life within them. Don't be like Cain. Don't don't do it. Don't fall victim to this other voice. The spirit war is real. And the Holy Spirit is revealing truth today through the Bible. The source of truth. Love comes from God. And flows through those who belong to him by the presence of the Holy Spirit. Do you get it? Love comes from a single source. It doesn't come from you. It doesn't come from your natural flesh. Love comes from God, and it flows through us into the world hate comes from satan and flows through those who belong to him by the absence of the holy spirit all you have to have for for hate is the absence of god and hate will come naturally because that seed's already there real love not the world kind of love real love is sacrificial and gives much more than it ever Ever receives. So I'm going to read the very next verse. This I'm not jumping around. I'm not going out of context. This is the very next verse in this. Don't be like Cain scene. Verse 16. For we know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. So we also ought to give up our lives for whom? Our brothers and our sisters for those in the church. If someone has enough money to live well and sees a brother or sister in need, but shows no compassion. How can God's love be in that person? Because if God's love was in you, you'd be doing something. Because God in you, the spirit in you would be causing you to do something. Do you see how different this type of love is compared to the world's self-centered love? The world's love is based on, what have you done for me lately? It's always based upon, what am I going to get out of this transaction? But God's love gives and gives and gives and gives. Freely, regardless of your response. For example, let me give you a real life example. It's moving to me. It's been moving to me all week. Just this simple reality. Do you know that God gave His one and only Son to have Him whipped and beaten and spit upon and scourged and crowned of thorns? He gave His one and only Son before you were ever born. Listen carefully. Before you ever gave your heart to Jesus, God's love gave Jesus as an offering to you. Before you could have ever responded. Listen, before the church was even founded, the love of God gave his son to save your soul. Before you were ever, before there was a church. This is God's love. That's what love looks like. This is God's perfect love. And this perfect love is in the Spirit of Christ when He takes up residence inside our hearts of born again believers. Love driving out hate, love lighting up our darkness. The Apostle Peter reveals the power of this type of love in the world and the urgency. The urgency, why? Because the Spirit warned they're dying. Do you understand? When someone dies in the spirit war, they're going to hell. They're going to a place of great darkness, weeping, gnashing of teeth, uh, uh, an existence that your mind cannot comprehend. It's urgent. And yet the church is not feeling the urgency. 1 Peter 4, 7. Peter says the end of the world is coming soon. John calls it the last hour's. What do they know? The church age will will soon close. Therefore, be earnest. Be disciplined in your prayers. And most important of all, what church? What should we be doing? Continue to show deep love for each other. He's talking about inside the body of Christ. Continue to show deep love for each other. Why? For love covers a multitude of sins. Cheerfully share your home with those who need a meal or a place to stay. be generous, be loving each other. The world looks at the church, and they see the church fighting inside the church, and they say, we got that out here. Christ in me is God's love in me covering a multitude of sins. Christ in me is God's love in me flowing through me, into the world that is dying under the power of the antichrist spirit in this terrible spirit war. And the reality is this, you ready? Talk is cheap. The world's love is a cheap imitation love that focuses only on self. But the love of Christ is powerful. The love of Christ is expensive. It's costly. And the love of Christ is sacrificial. It always puts the love of other people above yourself. In 1 John 3.18, the very next verse in this series, dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other. That's just cheap talk. Let us show the truth by our actions. Our actions will show that we belong to the truth. So we will be confident when we stand before God. Even if we feel guilty, God is greater than our feelings. And He, He knows everything. Don't be like Cain. Am I my brother's keeper, my brother's guardian? Yes. God's Word says yes, you are your brother's guardian. Love each other. Church, how do you love each other? You get to know each other. You fellowship with each other. You practice loving each other with your actions and with your heart. You think you were put in this church to come and listen to some guy talk up front? You were, you were brought into the body of Christ to encourage the body of Christ, to complete the mission of Christ on the earth. And that will be the first thing is love each other. You don't even know each other. Somebody tells me, you know what? I come to a church this big and I don't, there's no way for me to get to know anybody. That's because you don't want to. There's a hundred opportunities in here for you to get involved in different groups to get to know a group. Maybe you can't know a thousand, two thousand people. You can know 10, 12, 15. And you can love them. And you can share your life with them. And you can encourage them. And something happens when we do it his way. He does something supernatural among us because it's his love. It's his power. Don't be like Cain. If you do what is right, you'll be accepted. Love each other. And do what is right. Just You know what's right. Do it. Don't be like Cain. Don't pretend like you're listening to God's Word while hatred builds up in your victim's heart. I often use my imagination when I read these stories when God looks at Cain and says, I'm not going to accept your offering, but I'm going to give you an opportunity to to make another one. Go do what is right and you'll be accepted. And I kind of, in my imagination, I see Cain looking, listening to God going, yeah, okay, I got you, I got you, I got you, I got you. So he has heard the word of truth, and he turns and hates his brother. You can come to church all you want to, and you can listen all you want to, but the reality is there going to have to come a point when listening to God's word transforms your life. Because your heart's intent is to actually do what he told you to do, not just shake your head like you got it, and you don't got it. So God gave Cain a saving word. I'm always amazed. Every time I read this, I always come to the same conclusion. You know, he could have just, you're out. I don't accept you. Uh, you belong to Satan, you're out. But he gave him a saving word. Do what is right and you'll be accepted. Cain plans to go kill his brother. God has given you and I a saving word. This is it. Let's just call it for this session, First John. He gave us a saving word. Okay, okay, I got it, I got it. Do, do you Do you got it? Are Are you sure? Verse 20, if someone says, I love God, but hates a Christian brother or sister, that person's a liar. You think he doesn't know? You say, I love God, but there's somebody in the church that you hate. I had somebody come to me after the first service today, and they were making plans to go make amends with somebody immediately after the service this morning. Why? Because they don't want to shake their head. They want to understand that God's serious about this. If someone says, "I love God but hates a Christian brother or sister," that person's a liar. By the way, do you know that same scripture says, "No murderer has a place in the kingdom of heaven"? Also says that no liar has a place there either. Let that sink in. For if we don't love people, we can see. How can we love God whom we cannot see? And He has given us this command. Those who love God must, must also love their Christian brothers and sisters. Don't be like Cain. Hear the Word of God that reveals our responsibility as children of God regarding the brothers and sisters, and then hate somebody in your own family. Don't do it. This is the closing of chapter 3, which I've preached two sermons on. Children of God, and don't be like Cain. Here's the closing. Let's start with verse 18. Dear children, let us not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. Our actions will show that we belong to the truth. So we will be confident when we stand before God. Even if we feel guilty, God is greater than our feelings, and He knows everything. Dear friends, if we don't feel guilty, we can come to God with bold confidence. And we will receive from him whatever we we ask because we obey him and do the things that please him. And this is his commandment. We must believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another just as he has commanded, commanded, commanded us. Those who obey God's commandment remain in fellowship with him and he with them and we know he lives in us because the spirit he gave us lives in us i tell you today there's only one way to win the spirit war over good and evil love and hate is that christ lives in me the only survivors to the spirit war will be the children of god and the children of god are marked specifically by this christ in me so here's the closing today Don't be like Cain. That's the warning of 1 John. Why? Are you ready? Cain was lost. He belonged to the evil one. Cain was lost. What's John saying? Don't be lost. Cain refused God's command to love your brother. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Love each other. Cain refused. He heard the word. Refused. Refused. Cain refused to accept the fact that we are all called by God to be our brother's keeper, our brother's guardian. We have this responsibility on the earth. We're called to care about people who are lost. We're called to care about people inside the church and outside the church. Why do I care about my brothers and sisters? Because the spirit war and people are dying in this war and eternal death. That's why I care. Cain's name. Listen, Cain's name appears in Genesis, Hebrews, First John, and Jude. Today I close with Cain's name, connected with judgment and destruction, in the book of Jude. Before I read it, I, want to, I need to set it up. In the book of Jude, Jude reveals that God had angels. Joined in the rebellion of Satan, and God threw them into gloomy dungeons and holds them in that prison, waiting the last day, the final judgment. Immediately after that, in the book of Jude, he describes Sodom and Gomorrah, in which he didn't delay the judgment. He issued the judgment immediately. So the angels are being kept for the judgment of the last day in a prison. Sodom and Gomorrah's judgment for sexual perversion was sudden. And it's in that context that Jude brings up Cain's name. Don't be like Cain. Jude 1 verse 10. These people scoff at things they don't understand. They don't understand the spirit war. They scoff at things they don't understand. Like unthinking animals, they do whatever their instincts tell them. And so they bring about their own destruction. What sorrow awaits them? For they follow in the footsteps of Cain. There it is. Who killed his brother. Like Balaam, they deceive people for money. And like Korah, they perish in their rebellion. Today, John screams out, don't be like Cain. Love each other. Don't be like Cain. Do what is right and you'll be accepted. Don't be like Cain. You are not a victim. No one owes you anything. You better hope you don't get what you deserve. You don't, no one owes you reparations or something in response to your past, present, or future. You are not a victim. You are a sinner. And the truth is this. You and I owe God a great debt. Don't be like Cain. It is not someone else's fault that light is revealing your darkness today. Don't be like Cain. You are your brother's keeper. You are your brother's guardian. And the reality is you, the light of the world, will experience people this week that are in darkness. And I wonder after today's message, what responsibility you will feel toward those people that left unchecked, left unchanged, they will spend forever in a lake of fire. And you say to yourself, I love them. Where does that kind of love come from? That you would allow them to walk into that darkness and never have told them the truth about life. What kind of love is it? It's not the love of God. It's not God love. The same book of Jude gives us this powerful counsel. Jude 1.20 Dear friends, build each other up. There's church, we need each other. Build each other up in your most holy faith. Pray in the power of the Holy Spirit and await the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's what we're doing. Who will bring you eternal life in this same, in this same way. In this way, you will keep yourself safe in God's love. And you must show mercy. Now, now, did you notice the first part? is church, encourage, and strengthen each other. We need each other. I need you. You need me. We need each other. There's a war. You don't need to be by yourself in this war. He will eat you alive by yourself in this war. Do you understand? If he can cut you out of the herd, he will annihilate you. But inside the body, there's great power. In this way, you'll keep yourself safe in God's love. But then there's a secondary responsibility. Then you must show mercy to those whose faith is wavering. Rescue others by snatching them from the flames of judgment. That's our church calling. We're supposed to rescue those, snatch them out of the flames of judgment. Show mercy to still others, but do so with great caution. What? Hating the sins that contaminate their lives. But we still try to snatch them from the fire. Don't be like Cain. I'm not a murderer. This should be easy. No, it's not. There's more to this murder your brother thing than meets the eye. Jesus will have the last word today. Matthew 5, 21. Jesus says, you've heard that our ancestors were told you must not murder. If you commit murder, you are subject to judgment. But I say, if you are even angry with someone, you are subject to judgment. If you call someone an idiot, where does this come from? Where does this anger come from? Jesus is trying to reveal that the source of love, if there's anger in your heart, is not coming from God If your anger calls somebody an idiot or some cursed name, you think God put that in your heart? If you say, if you are even angry with someone, you're subject to judgment. If you call someone an idiot, you're in danger of being brought before the court. If you curse someone, you're in danger of the fire of hell. So if you are presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple and you are suddenly You suddenly remember that someone has something against you. Leave your sacrifice there at the altar. Go and be reconciled to that person. Then come offer your sacrifice to God. Don't be like Cain. Why? I'll ask Chad to come out for the invitation. Don't be like Cain. Why? Are you ready? Because Abel is your brother. Whether you want to admit it or not, whether you like it or not, the truth is this. Abel is your brother. You have a responsibility And hate will never snatch your brother from the eternal fire of hell. Hate will never snatch your brother out of hell. God's love is the only power sufficient to snatch your brother out of hell. And Abel is your brother. Don't be like Cain. This is the first commandment. This is what God told us from the beginning. Don't be like Cain. Love each other. We're going to sing a song, and whatever the Holy Spirit's doing, I challenge you, just say, yes, Lord. He'll tell you what to do, but there'll be another voice. There'll be another voice, and he'll say, no, you don't need to do that. You, you don't have to. No, that, no, don't. no, no. Don't be like Cain. Don't be like Cain. The invitation's open Let's Stand.